the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on this Monday. It is the ninth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2021, and we've got a great show lined up for you. The day features a tremendous amount of knowledgeable people. Uh, those knowledgeable people are you and me, and that's it. Congressman Jim Jordan normally joins us on Monday, is traveling today. He has bumped his appointment with us until tomorrow morning at 9.35. So you get a double dose of uh, outstanding awesome tomorrow with Jordan and Kersenow on the same date. That's kind of cool. Today we are guest-free, so a lot of opportunities for you to be heard on the issues that we're going to be discussing. And I'll give you the phone numbers. I'll give them to you fast because I always give them to you fast. I hear a lot of people complain about that. But you know what? At some point, you're going to write it down, and then you don't even have to wait for me to give it to you at all. Write it down, save it in your phone, stick it on your refrigerator, just know the number, so the next time I read it too fast, you can uh, you can still have it. 216-901-0945. Those, that's the uh, first number that you want to remember or write down or save. 216-901-0945. The other is 888-281-1110. Yeah, a little quick, but still... I think that ought to be manageable for you. 888-281-1110. Save those two numbers to get in on the show live. And also, don't forget about our message line. People are forgetting about the message line. If you hear something on the news in the middle of the day or at night, or if you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and think, I should have told Bob this, or I should have asked Bob that, the authority message line is 216-525-1806. That's when you're not calling to get live on the air. You just want to leave a message for the show. We will record those calls, and we will play them back, and we will respond to them sometimes. 216-525-1806. That is the authority message line. Don't forget that. 
All right. And as always, we don't forget to say our pledge of allegiance. So let's take our pause and start our program, as we always do, with Patriots standing wherever you may be in Northeast Ohio or listening around the country. I love the fact that we're a local show in Cleveland, but because I, you know, do national shows for Dennis Prager and Larry Elder and Dr. G and sometimes Hugh Hewitt, um, uh, I get a lot of people who listen to me th- for the first time there. And then they tune into the local show via whkradio.com or the free iHeart, or excuse me, the free uh, mobile app or through iHeart or through radio.com, all of these different ways to listen to us streaming all over the country. So at any rate, Patriots, wherever it is you may be, if you have a flag, please face it. Even if you don't, stand and put your hand over your heart and join us for our Pledge of Allegiance. Liberals, go ahead and pout. We know how you feel. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Uh, like I said, I know that cuts you to your core, leftist Democrats uh, pledging allegiance to this great country. But that's what we do around here. Okay. Look, I'm going to start by, you know, I I, I love Hugh Hewitt. I love Hugh. He is my colleague. He is, uh, you know, one of the faces of Salem Radio, and I love Hugh. He's a brilliant man. I don't understand him when it comes to this leftist uh, forced vaccination policy that he seems to uh, be be about. Um, I just don't. I just don't. I listen to the callers one after the other, kind of trying to hold his feet to the fire about this, that, or the other, but his love fest with Dr. Fauci was just, was, uh, you know, it was, it was very important to him for, for his reasons. Very rarely do I text a host mid-show because I don't like when people do it to me. Well, that's not true. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I get good texts that actually add to the show mid-show. I'll just check, check my text messages during the break from time to time. Not always. So I don't normally do it to other hosts, but I did it today, and I just had to because, you know, Hugh said we're not at herd immunity yet because we're not at 70%. And besides, um, in terms of, you know, the vaccinations. And besides that, he said it's going to take 90 to 95% to reach herd immunity now. And I just, I was looking for a meme or a gif of moving goalposts so that I could send that as part of my text, so I couldn't find one. But I just had to point it out because, um, you know, as, like I said, as much as I love and respect uh, my friend uh, and, and one of the mentors that I have really in radio because he's been doing it for so long and so successfully, um, first of all, not counting the roughly 40 million Americans who have had COVID-19 and recovered from it and thus have natural immunization, not counting them, along with those who have received the artificial vaccinations, I just think is, is intellectually dishonest. It's irresponsible. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. Um, if you add the 40 million or so who have recovered and have natural immunity to the 165 million or 170 million that have had at least one dose, we are well past the 70% threshold to have, quote-unquote, herd immunity. But the the vaccine pushers who want to mandate and want you to believe that the only way to combat COVID-19 and its variant, its Delta variant, which we're now being told might not be the worst of it. As the fear game goes on, they're telling us that the Lambda variant, variant right behind the Delta variant 
might be even worse. We don't know yet. It's too early, but it's already spreading throughout various parts of Europe, various parts of Africa and other places around the globe. But the Lambda variant is coming too, which leads me to believe that this is something that they want to never end. You understand that? The government and those supporting the government's campaign of propaganda and fear, engaging and enjoying fear porn, as it's sometimes known, don't want this to ever end. So they told us that we had to get to 70% to have herd immunity, and then this will all be gone. Now they're telling us, or at least you did today, after talking with Dr. Fauci, 90 to 95%. Go post-moving once again. And I just... I'm at a point where anybody who is trying to push, convince, coerce, yeah, coerce, cajole, force, intimidate everybody in America, 90 to 95% of us to take this, this unproven experimental drug cocktail, there has to be an ulterior motive besides health. Because they're not even counting people with natural immunity. Those people are naturally immune from COVID-19 and variants, much more so than anybody who takes the experimental jab. So it's not about health. It's about something else. And it just boggles my mind that anybody, anybody, with a mind toward liberty and a mind toward self-reliance, a mind toward personal responsibility, a mind toward being free to make one's own medical decisions can possibly join in the government's campaign of fear. This propaganda campaign of fear. And that's what I really believe it is. Um, like I said, so I messaged my friend Hugh during the show and said, you know, you're moving the goalposts on us here. Why 90 to 95% now? And why are you not counting the 40 million Americans who have already been vaccinated? or excuse me, that already have been uh, uh, exposed and have natural immunity. And now when they talk about this Delta variant being the death knell for so many, even though it is far less, less lethal than the actual COVID-19, it's more infectious, but less lethal. And then they're telling us that the worst one might be behind that. It might be the Lambda variant. I kind of believe that there is a motive here. And the motive here is is full-on control over people's... Listen, I said this on the program last week, I said it the week before that, and I said it the week before that, and I'm going to probably have to continue saying it as long as they give us evidence that this is the case. They want, if they can control your medical decisions, they control you. All right? Does it sound simplistic? Perhaps. Uh, Am I I putting it out there as a piece of low-hanging fruit? Maybe. But I want it to be understandable to every to everybody. If the government and its partners in this fear campaign and the big uh, uh, pharmaceutical corporations and big media and big tech, social media world, if they can control your medical decisions, they control you. What is more personal to you than your own medical decisions. In all seriousness, what is what is what is more 
important to you? What is more important to your privacy than your own medical care? That's why HIPAA exists. I'm not saying that every single thing that happens is a violation of HIPAA. Don't get me wrong. But HIPAA exists to make sure that people's you know, medical care is kept between themselves and their doctors. And it's nobody else's business. Least of all, big daddy government. And why do I call it big daddy government? And I think you know. Because the goal of that big daddy is to treat the rest of us like children. I had I had a pretty interesting little Facebook argument yesterday, or was it yesterday? It was Saturday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I don't even know who she was. It's a somebody was on the same thread that I was on, and it was about you know taking the vaccines and wearing masks and so forth. And the individual is a lady I don't even know from another state. Said. I wear my mask when I'm supposed to, dot, 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 and then she said some other things. And that uh, it didn't matter to me. All I heard was the first part, or all I read was, and I hit her back with it. I said, when I'm supposed to. In other words, when I'm told to by my betters. When I'm told to by Big Daddy. In the same way that children do what they're told, I'll eat my peas Because mommy and daddy tell me to. I don't like them, but that's what I'm told to do, so that's what I will do. And when you're a child, you darn well should. Because guess what? Mom and dad do know better. But when you are a grown adult and you are responsible for your own care and your own health, would it be smarter for you to eat your pile of peas than that that banana split that you have waiting on the dessert table? Yeah, But it's nobody's business if you forego the peas and go eat the banana split because your health is your decision. It's your control. You're not a child. And that's what I told her. I said, how does it feel, and I'm paraphrasing, how does it feel to be treated like a child and to so willingly accept it? This is what you're told to do, so you do it. Because I have a problem with that. Marsha Blackburn, Senator Marsha Blackburn from uh, from, uh, Tennessee, said on a uh, different show on Friday, I believe it was, the following. People do not want the federal government to come in and mandate masks or mandate vaccines or mandate lockdowns. But here's what we have to realize. The left likes lockdowns because it gives them control. They would like to have a permanent pandemic. They would like to keep you in that state so that you're dependent on them. You look at the bills and things that are coming through us, she said. What are they trying to do? Make people dependent on the federal government by taking more money out of your pocket, having it go to Washington, D.C., go to programs that will have outlived their usefulness by the time our kids and grandkids have to start paying this bill. That's what they like. They want a permanent pandemic because it gives them control. Marsha Blackburn is exactly Right. That is precisely what they are doing. Franklin Graham uh, commented about this as well, specifically invoking the words of Marsha Blackburn and following up, saying literally, and of course Franklin Graham, be doing what he does for a living, says the answer here is to pray. 
pray for our nation, because if the left is successful in getting what Marsha Blackburn just talked about, which is a state of permanent pandemic, then we lose our freedom in this country, period, and forever. And forever. He's right. She's right. Senator Tom Cotton is right. When he said that Dr. Fauci, the grand poobah of all things health in the United States, according to the left, continues to move the goalposts. You ought to tell Americans the facts. That's right. From the very beginning in January of 2020, when Washington was obsessed with Donald Trump's impeachment trial, I was trying to sound the alarm in this virus and pointing out that, of course, common sense suggested that a new coronavirus came from a lab that where they actually study bat coronaviruses under the guidance of a scientist whose nickname is literally the bat lady. And all the evidence from that point forward points exactly towards those labs, not towards that stupid food market the Chinese Communist Party used as cover-up. But so many people in our government, like Tony Fauci, who had used your tax dollars to fund research in that lab, covered it up, they disputed it, the media parroted their line, called them, said it was a debunked conspiracy theory. But as the evidence mounted this year and more mainstream science writers began to say we really need to take a look at this lab I think even then they had to throw in the towel but it's like you said in your opening statement there Trey uh, so many times people like Tony Fauci have been moving the goalposts they've been misleading the American people because they think they know better said early on don't use masks a month later he said use masks that was not a change in the science that was a change in what he thought was mask availability we'll just say that or he said that um, herd immunity would be 70%, no, or 75%, no, it was 80%, no, it was 85%. Again, that wasn't a change in the science. He explicitly said that was because what he thought the American people were ready to hear. Well, medical bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. have no clue what the American people are ready to hear. They should tell the people the facts and let the people make up their own minds. I have a lot of faith in them to do that, but bureaucrats like Tony Fauci don't. And there it is. That's the guy, Tony Fauci, that Hugh Hewitt had on this morning and um, you know, could not stop praising as being the, the answer to all of this. I'm telling you right now and forever, if you allow the government to control your medical choices, you allow them to control you and every aspect of your life. Are you prepared for that? It's 923. We'll take a quick time out. I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945. Right Let's get a few phone calls in again. We are guest-free today, so we'll have plenty of time to hear from you. Jim Jordan moves to tomorrow, if you missed the start of the show. And by the way, why are you late? Uh, Jim Jordan will be on tomorrow morning at 935. He's traveling today. TJ is in Cleveland up first. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, they've created such a massive fear of this COVID, like it's stalking you around every corner. You know, in reality, tobacco, alcohol, the regular flu every year, all kill way more people than COVID does. Uh, yet people don't care. Obese, I don't care. That'll get you before COVID will. Uh, they'll go to a bar, smoke cigarettes, drink a bunch of booze, get in their car and drive. But, ooh, I got to watch. I, I might die from COVID. I mean, they have really created this fear thing, and people are buying into this. My God, some of the statistics, they showed on the Internet stuff that uh, uh, people have died more than COVID. Alcohol tobacco, malaria, the regular flu. Uh, and, and it's just like I said, they've got people so scared, uh, it, it's like unhealthy. 
Well, you know, that's what propaganda does, TJ. Thank you, my friend. It does. It scares people into compliance. That's what a strong propaganda campaign does. The sad part, the scary part is, propaganda campaigns like this on behalf of the government usually happen in totalitarian states. Usually these things happen in Mao's China. They happen in Stalin's Russia. They happen in Chavez's, uh, you know, uh, Venezuela. They happen in, in, in Castro's. Propaganda campaigns usually are intended on intimidating the, the, the property of the state, otherwise known as the people. They are the property of the state and they will be scared into compliance. You just don't normally see that in a free country. But that's what we are in right now. Well, for now. And that's literally a question mark to me. Because I feel like we are in a totalitarian state because of this campaign. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not going to take another call right now because I've only got about 20 seconds for the bottom of the hour, or bottom of the hour news. If you're on hold, stay there. I'll come right to you right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Social justice warriors, if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 935, we continue AM 1420, The Answer. Do not forget, if you missed the start of the show, we are guest-free today, which means a lot of opportunity for your phone calls. If you're on hold, hang in. I want to share this with you before I go back to the phones, though. Um... I gave you a little bit of Senator Tom Cotton talking about Dr. Fauci moving the goalposts all the time in order to help keep us in a perpetual state of control. Every time they say, once we reach this level of herd immunity and then we reach it, they say, no, it's got to be higher, it's got to be higher. Every time they tell us, if you just get the vaccine, you won't have to wear the mask, and then people get the vaccine and then say, just kidding, you have to wear the mask anyway. How long before it's now you have to you have the vaccine, you have to wear the mask, and you have to stay home. Only essential workers can come out and play. And then how long before they say the vaccine needs a little boost? That third shot is now going to be required. If you've already done the patriotic thing and gotten your two jabs, get in line for your third jab, please. Your health depends on it. Grandma's health depends upon it. Your country's health depends upon it. Get that third jab. And I want to know how fast the sheep in this country will comply. Moreover, because what they've done now to try to intimidate and force people into taking the two jabs, they've, they've decided that a fear and a shame campaign against the unvaccinated is the way to go. The unvaccinated are going to lead to an even new variant that's going to make the vaccinated uh, uh, be in jeopardy so that their vaccines will be irrelevant and will be ineffective. So if the shame campaign is now against the unvaccinated, when the booster shot becomes necessary, when the third shot becomes necessary, how long do you think it will take for those who have been thrice jabbed to start shaming those who have only been twice jabbed? At what point will those with the booster shot look at those with the mere two Pfizer shots or the two Moderna shots or the Johnson & Johnson shot before they look at them and say, you unpatriotic, hypocritical blanks, why don't you have your third shot yet? And pretty soon the shame 
will start to set in. The fear will start to set in. And more, more importantly, the new edicts will start to make their way forward. They're already mandating this stuff for the first two shots on college campuses, in federal buildings, in cities, in order to engage in commerce, private employers. What makes you think that they won't mandate the third shot? And at what point are the people in this country going to stand up and say, hold on a second, I'm not doing this every year. I'm not getting a new COVID-19 booster every single year like you try to get us to do with flu shots. Flu shots, at least, are voluntary for the most part. But at what point are people with three jabs going to look down on the people with two? And then when we get to 2022, eh, it's time for another, another booster here, another variant's on the way. We already dealt with the Delta variant. Then we dealt with the Lambda variant. Pretty soon we dealt with the Omega Mu variant. At what point are they going to say, okay, there's, there's another variant coming. We have to get our fifth booster now in 2023, our sixth in 2024. Are people going to say, at what point will people say this isn't patriotism anymore? This is authoritarianism. At what point will people say that? They're addicted to power. The left is addicted to power, and there's no better power that they can flex over people than over their own health choices. Senator Rand Paul is a libertarian. He's not everybody. He's not for everybody. Not everybody can, can take Rand Paul. A lot of people don't like him. I like him a lot. I disagree with him on some matters of foreign policy. But when it comes to freedom and liberty, particularly for our own bodies to make our own choices, he and I are eye to eye. Here's what Senator Rand Paul wants you to know about this addiction to fear, to propaganda, and to continue to control our population. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. Although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school 
and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I graduated from Duke Medical School. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've studied immunology and virology. And I ultimately chose to become an eye surgeon. I've been telling everyone for a year now that Dr. Fauci and other public health bureaucrats were not following the science. And I've been proven right time and time again. But I'm not the only one who's fed up. I can't go anywhere these days without people coming up and thanking me for standing up for them. Whether I'm at work or at events in Kentucky, at airports, in restaurants, or in stores, people thank me for taking a stand. They thank me for standing up for actual science, for standing up for freedom, for standing against mandates, lockdowns, and bureaucratic power grabs. I think the tide is turning as more and more people are willing to stand up. I see stories from across the country of parents standing up to the unions and school boards. I see brave moms standing up and saying, my kids need to go back to school in person. I see members of Congress refusing to comply with petty tyrant Pelosi. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. Will we allow these people to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to our society, economy, and children? Or will we stand together and say, absolutely not, not this time, I choose freedom. Can you dig it? I can't speak for you, but I will answer for me. Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, I choose freedom. Thank you for that message of clarity. We are at a moment of truth and a crossroads. What will we do? Will we allow them to use fear and propaganda to do further harm to your, to our society, to our economy, to our children, and to take away our liberties, or will we stand together and resist? I'd say it's time to resist. Vince is in Westlake. Vince, thank you for your patience. Let's go to the calls now on AM 1420, The Answer. I appreciate you hanging on. Go ahead, sir. No problem, Bob. Thanks a lot. Uh, so many things just in a few minutes that I've been holding on that I've been listening to that I want to respond to, but I guess the first thing I will and keep it at that is Rand Paul. Uh, he, he strikes a good question that uh, every one of us should be asking ourselves. At what point do we stand up and say enough? And that's the thing that's really worried me. Uh, I believe it was TJ a little bit earlier uh, this session, in this session this morning, said something about the, the, the environment of fear that they've created and forced it upon us. And I look around and I see people wearing masks in car. I see people wearing masks when they're out by themselves walking. I see people um, excommunicating themselves from friends, family members, if you haven't gotten the jab. And at what point do we take back our freedom and say, we didn't do this for everything else. We didn't do this for the uh, regular flu, for pneumonia, for the you know various pandemics and epidemics that came before us. And it's time to stop this. It's time to get ourselves back to normal. It's time to get our freedom back. And that's why, like you, uh, I really, really admire Rand Paul. And just one last question, and I, I missed part of the segment here for a few minutes. I had to walk away. Did you ever get a response from Hugh about 
his uh, talk with Dr. Fauci and that and why he seems to be so supportive of that. That's one thing. No, that's kind no, of well, I know why. I, yeah, I don't need a receipt. And thanks for the call, Vince. No, I, I, I didn't, and I don't expect one because I know why. He explains it explained on the program for three hours. Uh, and particularly in the call, uh, caller segment after he did the interview with Dr. Fauci, you know, he's explained very clearly why he believes Dr. Fauci and believes all of the rest rather than those of us who believe in the liberty side of this thing. So I didn't expect a response. I just wanted him to know that I was listening and I wanted to throw a few things out there about moving the goalposts that I hope he would address uh, going forward. Uh, thanks for the call, Vince. We'll go to um, Little Nancy in Cleveland. All right? I don't know why she's little, but she's Little Nancy in Cleveland. Go right ahead. You know, Bob? Uh, yes. Good morning, by the way. TJ gave me that name. He is my hero, my idol, and he helped me to become a recovering liberal. Anyways. Really? Um, that's, that's fantastic. Yes. Good on you, TJ. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyhow, this is a great show, and I wish more people on the other side would listen to it. There's nothing more important right now than our medical freedom, and I would like to draw attention to House Bill 248, which you have talked about before. Certainly. Do, do you know about that? Okay, so your listeners, if they can, House Bill 248, they need written uh, testimony, if possible, um, by August 20th. And this will protect our medical freedom. And more specifically, it's protecting vaccine choice, privacy, prohibiting passports, transparency, discrimination, and there's a couple other things. So there's nothing more important as a public school teacher and a mom of a four-year-old than this right now. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with 248. I I'm getting more and more uh, disillusioned though. Uh, by our weak need Republicans in Columbus. There just are not enough uh. Republicans who believe in the liberty that you talk about, the, that I talk about, that uh, Rand Paul talks about, um, which is, of course, our medical liberty. It should be just fundamental that we, uh, you know, my body, my choice, as the old saying goes for those in the pro-abortion movement. Uh, but in this case, there is no other body present. It's just my body. And it is my choice whether I want to take a vitamin in the morning. It's my choice whether I want to take aspirin to thin my blood so I don't get clots. It's my choice whether I want to take uh, any over-the-counter medication or any prescribed medication. All a doctor can do is prescribe it. He cannot mandate that I take it. Well, suddenly the federal government is going to substitute their judgment for my judgment about what's right with my body. Um, I've got a huge problem with that, and 248 would give us a lot of those rights back. But the the, the weak need Republicans in the uh, in the Ohio General Assembly to me have they've made it very clear they're not going to pass this thing as a standalone. It's going to have to be attached to something. And even if it is, chances are Governor uh, Spineless uh, Mike Dewine, you know, I like to call him Governor No Spine, uh, is going to veto it. And I certainly don't think there's enough to override a veto because, again, the Republicans are just not willing to do what the people sent them to Columbus to do. So you're right to keep promoting 248, and I will too, but I will say I'm a little bit uh, dismayed at the prospects right now. So what do we do? Because as a teacher, I feel like I'm about to get fired if I choose not to get the jab. And as a child that's going into public education, um, or any education for that matter, I feel like she's going to get discriminated against by having to wear a mask. Well, you're right. What on do both we do counts. then? You're, you're right. You're right on both counts. Well, I mean, one thing you do is keep fighting, and I think you said it at the beginning of your message there, and that is make your public comments. Submit them by August 20th and try to put as much pressure on the squishes that are in uh, Columbus in the General Assembly to step up and do the right thing on behalf of their constituents. You know, once again, 
you know, people need to remember what a representative republic is. We send our representatives to the various legislatures to do our bidding. They are there to do what we want them to do. Uh, and if we don't make ourselves heard, then they can do whatever they think we want. So the best way to make sure that they know what we want is and how we want them to vote on this bill or that bill is to make sure they hear us. So you're right. Submit those statements, uh, you know, in support of, of 248, those public public uh, statements of, uh, of of affirmation for that and, and hope that we put enough pressure on them to realize if they want to keep their jobs in Columbus that they'll listen to the people who sent them there. Thanks, Bob. Keep up the good fight, and uh, let's keep fighting. Resist. Thank, thank you, little Nancy. I appreciate the call. Really good stuff. Uh, let me go to Jan in Cleveland before the break here because uh, I don't want to make her hold if I don't have to. Hi, Jan. Go right ahead. Oh, hi. I can't understand how anyone can trust Fauci. Uh, he he was ignorant enough to say, well, no, when, when someone was discussing it with him. He was ignorant enough to say, well, no, I don't trust the Chinese communist, but I trust the Chinese scientist. He is dumping his guilt, and he is guilty of funding this biological evil warfare. This stuff shouldn't even exist. It should be outlawed, the, these bioweapons. And uh, and for people to uh, to believe anything he says, uh, I I just I just uh, think there's something wrong with people's thinking. They are so they don't they don't want to be called deplorable. They don't want to be called. They have to stick with the elitist. And you and I are paying for all of. Uh, we're paying Pfizer. We're paying Johnson and Johnson and Moderna because these are free. Nothing is free. And well, well, Jan, you're you're absolutely right about the the Wuhan lab and the gain of function research that has uh, all been but proven. The only reason it hasn't been fully proven is because the WHO ran, went in there and ran the investigation, which is owned by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and wiped everything clean. Um, but uh, you're you're right about that. And Dr. Fauci did pay to fund the research done in, done in that lab, which led to either the intentional or accidental leak of this COVID virus into the population and thus spreading around the globe. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'll say and thanks for the call, Jan. And I'll say this. Uh, Rand Paul is once again about the only person willing to call that out. If there are no repercussions for that sort of abomination and that's what it is I mean, i'm looking for the strongest word i can find here i'm scanning my my mental thesaurus here or dictionary here it is an abomination that they were doing gain-of-function research to try to improve the ability of a virus to leap from a from an animal to a human that's what gain-of-function research is it is an abomination that that was allowed to be done and then Again, either intentionally or accidentally released from that lab, which has caused you know billions of infections around the world and millions of, of deaths around the globe, almost a million in the United States alone, 600 and plus thousand of them. It's an abomination that no one is held accountable for it. Because again, repercussions, must accountability must happen or else that type of stuff will continue to go on. And yes, Dr. Fauci owns a lot of that. All right, 9.53, right back.
second of time. I, I wanted to hit an audio file here um, of Dr. Fauci, but I'll save that for the second hour because it kind of it kind of touches on what uh, the last caller and I were just talking about. Uh, but let's go to Stephen Cullenwood instead. Don't make him wait through the news. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, I'm more worried about uh, the next phase of enforcement, which I think is going to be economic lockdown. And that's where they'll be able to find people. They'll be able to pass legislation or emergency uh, decrees that they'll be able to uh, hold up your Social Security payment and uh, be able to go in and freeze your account so you can't get money out of the bank. And that's what they're going to use for leverage because they can't, they can't, you know, come to your door and knock on your door with it in America, you know. Nobody's going to come out the front door and let them get and let them jab them. So I think that that's what you know we have to look out for is the stealth legislation that will give them the leverage to have them make us do what they want us to do. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. I'm going to give you. I'm going to see your stealth legislation, and I'm going to raise you. I'm going to see or they'll fine you if you don't get the jab or don't wear the masks. And I'm going to raise you that they'll throw you in jail. And here's my raise, Steve. Thanks for the call. Just keep listening. Here's, here's, uh, here's my cards. I'm going to lay them on the table after I raise you in that bet. They will throw you in jail. It's already starting. I've got a story that I just learned about yesterday. It's from Friday, however. It's a story of a judge, a common pleas judge in Cincinnati, so it's right here in our state. A common pleas judge down in Hamilton County ordered a defendant to get vaccinated as part of his sentence for drug-related charges. Did you hear that? As a condition of his probation, Meaning, if you don't do this, your probation will be revoked and you will go to jail. You must get vaccinated. This is already starting. Brandon Rutherford was thrown that curveball by Common Pleas Judge Christopher Wagner in Hamilton County while he was waiting to be sentenced for drug charges. Judge Wagner wanted to know, said the defendant, was I vaccinated? I told him no, and I told him I ain't planning on getting the vaccine. The next thing you know, he told me it was going to be court-ordered for me to get one. When Rutherford got to the probation office, the order was printed on his form, saying he has two months to get the vaccine. Carl Lewis, his attorney, said this is the first time he's ever seen a probation requirement like this. Quote, Whether you have a good intention or not, you cannot use the rule of law to order an individual to do something that is against their personal, philosophical, or even religious reasons. And my client says he does not wish to be vaccinated. The judge, Christopher Wagner, issued a statement on Friday saying, quote, This defendant was in possession of fentanyl, which is deadlier than the vaccine and COVID-19, The defendant expressed no objection during the proceedings and stated no medical concerns, and his attorney did not object. We will have to see what happens now that the, the defendant is expressing opposition. The judge went on to say that he might hold a hearing to see if Rutherford has good reason, in his judgment, to not want the vaccine. When asked if a judge can order someone to get a vaccine, the attorney Lewis said it is unprecedented. 
It's going to be dropped, or it's going to be a boatload of litigation to say you have violated this young man's rights. According to Judge Wagner, though, judges make similar decisions regularly when it comes to a defendant's physical and mental health, such as ordering drug, alcohol, or mental health treatment. So the judge says, since this guy had fentanyl, which is a deadly drug, then I can force him to take a drug that is less deadly, in my estimation, against his constitutional rights. Do you see where this is headed, my friends? We'll be back after the news.